You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our first guest today is Raleigh Gerber. Raleigh is a social media marketing specialist at Turn Up the Volume. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard exclusively live on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we do encourage you to consider listening to our show during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, NBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and of course, UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. And I know that many of you, both in B2C and B2B space, have thought about and begun, began to implement social media strategies to help to attract businesses to your brand. Well, are you in for a good time today? Because Raleigh Gerber, in a role as a specialist, is really someone who understands both how to put a strategy together and then also how to implement it for success and with results. Raleigh, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much, Rick. I, I'm happy to be here. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Let's start very simply, Raleigh. Talk to us a little bit about your professional background. I can't imagine for your entire career you were always a social media specialist since it's such an exciting field and one that you've really grabbed a hold of. But talk to us about what you've done in your career up to this point. Well, I haven't been in social media my entire career, but I have been in communications. I started out as a newspaper reporter, a writer, and then I migrated to advertising. I worked on a large automotive account for a while. But in the mid-90s, I went back to my writing roots and um, got involved in public relations. And this was during the dot-com era, so I worked with a lot of Internet startups. Um, after that, I became an independent consultant, both for agencies and primarily tech companies. Now, seven years ago, I began to embrace social media for business purposes. I established social media program for D-Link and then for Toshiba. And this gave me an opportunity to see firsthand how social media can really benefit business communications. So I really began to focus exclusively on social media. Well, seven years ago, you are to be congratulated for being uh, wise enough to see that this wasn't a fad but a trend seven years ago. Right. right. And you have really being on the ground floor for much of what is today considered, you know, social media that is pretty traditional in many ways and more well adopted by companies. So I imagine you've seen a great arc of acceptance of social media since you've been doing this for seven plus years. What is it about social media from those early engagements with D-Link and Toshiba that caused you to say, hey, from a communication specialist perspective, this is an amazing uh, tool for companies to use? Well, I think it really was the overwhelming response that we had from our target audience. Okay. I mean, we put it out there, and people were starting to adopt um, social media into their daily lives, and we were able to reach and, and uh, engage with the customer base. It is, and that's a powerful word, engage and engagement. I think as we begin to understand the medium of social media and to understand that it gives – I love it because it gives middle market companies and smaller companies – 
an opportunity to reach an audience cost-effectively that historically they were, I think, shut out of in traditional media. It's true. And the very real fact is that your customers are using social media platforms already, and they're using them in staggering numbers. I believe 78% of um, people in the U.S. are on at least one social network. Right. So um, if your company is not using social media for marketing to listen to your customers or to share information, you're really missing out on one of the biggest and most popular channels there is. And there are so many variants of what is considered social media. I would argue this interview, which we're doing live and streaming on octalkradio.net, being listened to on players on smartphones and computers, this is social media. Your blog on your website is social media. From my perspective, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there are different social medias, types of social media for different types of companies, whether right. it be a B2B, a B2C, or, or so, and so forth. Right. So those are things that we have to consider when we're setting up a social media program for somebody. You know, what I do is I main, uh, establish and maintain a social media presence for, com- for businesses. And again, like I said, that could be a B2B, it could be consumer, it could be global. But we have to do an evaluation and we have to determine you know, what type of social media platform will be best for a B2B. For example, um, if it is a company that has a sales channel, you're going to probably want to focus on LinkedIn and a blog. Whereas for consumer, your product might appeal more uh, if it's a consumer electronics or cosmetics. You're going to look at something like Facebook or Twitter. And if you have a particularly visual product, you may want to use something like Pinterest or... I I was just at at a catering firm. And they were saying how because a lot of the present of the food is presentation that of all the social media they felt Pinterest might be the best channel for them because I think of them as channels right right they're, they're, like you think of as radio and TV and traditional media and cha- newspaper those are channels to the market different social media are different channels to maybe different people that are pers- prospective clients of yours and Pinterest for them sounded like and felt like the right place to put their energy right. If it's a particularly visual, if it's fashion or food-related, then Pinterest or Instagram, where it's more photos and um, visual, those would be good channels for them. Now, your firm is Turn Up the Volume? Yes. How did you come up with that name? What does that mean? I'm always curious how you entrepreneurs pick the names of your firms. I, I, I love Turn Up the Volume. It implies a lot to me, but I'm just wondering, as you, of all the things you could have called it, how did you decide that, you social media specialist, you? Well, you know, the world is plugged in, it's turned on, and it's using social media. And people are seeking a more interactive and dynamic conversation. You know, Rick, it's 2014, and you need more than just a website to capture their attention. So that's why I call my company Turn Up the Volume. It's important to turn up the volume in, a, in an arena or a channel where people can hear the message or receive the message, right? I understand in your role, not only with your experience, are you able to help companies to put together the strategy, but you also help them implement and deliver the content in a cohesive and and thoughtful manner. How do you help a company, a middle market company, Raleigh, to figure out of all the channels they could use, what's the right channels to use? Well, we have to look at what their goals are, basically. I mean, you know, do they want to make more sales? Do they want to they want more goodwill, that they need to gain trust. And when we know exactly what it is, and that's why I integrate what I do 
in with the marketing, public relations, and sales divisions of a company. Um, because I believe that taking this holistic approach, that you're not going to take social media and just put it off in a, in a cubicle somewhere. You're going to integrate it into your business objectives and use that to support your existing communications um, outreach. Yeah, it seems to me to be the biggest mistake that um, my clients and the community that listens to Critical Mass Radio Show makes is to decide to do social media and then to hire a millennial and put them in a cubicle somewhere and let them go crazy figuring out what they should do on Facebook. and with a, It's kind of tone at the top, isn't it, Raleigh? I mean, the CEO, the people that listen to my radio show, need to have a hand and a mind, a part of their mind in social media, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, I really believe that uh, there is a difference between just doing some social media and being a social company. And if you're going to be a social company, it needs to start with the C-suite, with the CEO, and, and go all the way down. Right. You have to share your company culture. But there is anxiety, uh, particularly among the, the C-suite, um, because social media, with social media, you don't always control the message. So I try to let them know, well, you know, that's okay. I actually call it the fear factor. Mm -hmm. So I'm often asked, but Raleigh, you know, what if people say bad things about our company on a social platform? And, you know, that's where the pushback is. And my answer is always the same, Rick. Don't you want to know? Exactly. I mean, the conversation is going on about your brand, whether you're a part of it or not. So companies need to be engaged in part of the conversation. And that's how you gain customer respect and loyalty. I agree. Having a conversation with them. Uh, Raleigh Gerber is our first guest. She's a social media specialist, and she's been doing it, as you heard earlier, here for over seven years. We're going to take our first commercial break. We're going to come back. We've got more to talk about with Raleigh Gerber about social media, its impact. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in less than three minutes on Critical Mass Radio Show. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communication desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investments from VoIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com 
or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell. 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Raleigh Gerber is our guest. She's a social media specialist, and we're going to be talking more with her in just a second. But at first, I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net. Or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, or other business-oriented podcasting services. Okay, Raleigh, this is a crowded and noisy area of social media because there are a lot of people who have been doing it for as long as you who are now self-proclaimed uh, social media gurus. Help our audience understand what makes you different. Well, for me, I believe social media is really a culmination of my past experience, you know, with the writing and advertising, public relations. And plus, I'm a total techie. So, but I, really what I, um, I believe I was quick to realize that social media is not a standalone activity. I mean, you can't stick someone in a cubicle and say, well, now we have a social media program. So I do use a holistic approach, as I mentioned earlier. Right. And I integrate social media into the overall um, online marketing effort. So we use social media to support marketing, PR, and sales. And another thing I do is I stay on top of social media trends. So that way I can leverage the transformative shifts in social media to Im- improve business communications. And there have been shifts. I mean, seven years ago, you didn't have as many choices. They weren't as rich and varied as they are now. And you, you need to be able to stay current. I'm sure there are other trends in social media that are coming down that we haven't seen yet that you've been aware of. Maybe I can have you back in the future and we can talk about the future trends in social media. I'd love to do that. Okay. But for today's show, uh, I did want to ask you, a couple other things, and we're talking with Raleigh Gerber. She is a social media specialist. How can a middle market company, and that's who listens to our show, middle market CEOs of middle market firms, how do they integrate appropriate and effective use of social media? Because you said it can't be just bolted on. It needs to kind of they need to become a social company. Can you explain that? Talk a little bit about how they do that. Well, you know, one is like I was. I talked about sharing, for example. I mean, sharing the company culture and what's going on within the company. People are really fascinated by that, and they want to. They don't want to just um, hear about your product or your service. They want to hear, you know, what your company culture is like, and you know, the real people behind behind the company. Um, the other thing is, the companies need to provide value to their social communities. So you have to ask yourself, like, how can I help my customer base? You know, what are their pain points? 
And um, what are the types, what's the type of information that will resonate with them that they're going to embrace that will help them? Well, and another th- um, thing that they really should do when they're um, trying to integrate social media is to look at their website. I mean, the whole purpose of social media in most cases is to drive people to a company website. Um, it, that's really the mothership that all the social okay. platforms revolve around. Okay. But they need to make sure that their website's updated and that it's current and optimized for social media. Another question to ask is, how are we going to staff this program? I mean, do we have the human capital to keep it going? Um, you mean you just can't start it and then stop? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, really, um, with social media, you know, you have to be tenacious. And um, what I recommend is that companies start slowly with just one or two social okay. media platforms. Okay. Um, not go out there and try and um, conquer everyone at the same time. And once they start to, to build up some momentum, then they can roll them out incrementally. Um, and cross-promote on different platforms. But they need to give it time. I mean, it can take three months, six months, even a year to really get traction with social media. Right. And that idea of cross-promoting is one that's interesting to me because I've seen some firms that just take the same message and they just plug it into all the channels kind of this as as the same message. Uh, I've heard from some social media people that that's not a good idea, that you need to almost be more personalized to the channel. What's, What's your sense on that? Um, it's really not a good idea. In fact, um, I don't recommend it at all. Okay. I think that each channel has a different personality. Um, you're, you don't want to post the same thing on Facebook as you would on YouTube. And as I mentioned earlier, you have Instagram and Pinterest that are much more visual. Right. So um, there are companies out there, and I would caution your listeners, um, that are, I guess, posting services, right. where they will um, queue up posts you know, a week, two weeks, a month in advance and say, well, we'll do all your posting for you. And uh, I really don't think this is a good idea. It's, it's just automated, and that's not what consumers is all about. Yeah, that doesn't sound very social. Yeah, does it? it's, it's not engaged. It's not not really what I consider engagement. <laughs> yeah, having, and, a, um, having a, having a know, robot doing your social media. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, we have a few minutes left. We're talking with Raleigh Gerber. Her firm is Turn Up the Volume. So let's talk about best practices. Can, can you just briefly, for our middle market CEOs and executives that are listening to the radio program, either live today or on iTunes and Stitcher in the future and Spreaker, what are some best practices as it relates to social media, Raleigh Gerber? Well, first and foremost, do not dive into social media without a game plan. Because social media is not a, if you build it, they will come proposition, as we've been discussing. It needs to be a structured, daily, planned activity. So in a rush to establish social media programs, as we mentioned, some marketers are going to sign up for every social media platform out there and then look at each other and say, well, now what? Right. You know, and there's nothing that says, I don't care, like an anemic Facebook page with only 12 fans. So it needs to be planned out. And another best practice, really, is that it needs to be genuine. I mean, the online community is a savvy one. And people will know immediately what your motives are and whether you're sincere or not. Mm Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that uh, companies have to remember that it's not all about them. Social media is a two-way conversation. So if all you do is shout out about how great your product is, there's a good chance people are going to tune out. That's why I spend half my time posting, but the other half listening. Because we can really obtain valuable feedback if we just stop and we listen to what our community is saying. We want to also post good content. And by that, I mean not just written text, but photos, graphics, video, and other multimedia. You know, Add that to the mix. 
what I wrote down it, when you were going through that list that I want to kind of come back to is this idea of listening because I'm not sure enough of us who have small and middle market companies actually think there's something to listen to in our social media channel. And so we end up pushing and pushing and pushing out content. And and so that right there is almost worth the price of admission to have working with you to develop listening programs. Absolutely. Social media is a 24-7 media. And the majority of people are using it on mobile devices. So in the online world, people have become come to expect an immediate response. And this could mean help with a customer service issue or directing an individual to tech support or just something as simple as liking or thanking them for a comment. So we need to be present and we need to be listening. So if someone retweets one of your tweets, is it should you acknowledge them for that effort? I mean, yes, is that, you absolutely. Should, right? Thanks for the retweet. Yeah, it'd be like somebody doing you a favor almost, I would think, retweeting your content to their audience. I mean, so I think a thank you would be definitely appropriate. Right. I've got two minutes left with you, and I've got a couple more questions. So we're going to get through them because you've got a lot of knowledge in that head, Raleigh Gerber. Can you talk to our audience about a current challenge that you're facing and turn up the volume? Let me see. I guess the biggest challenge is that some companies don't devote resources to social media. I mean, people think Facebook's free, Twitter's free, so social media should be free. And because it's free, companies, as I mentioned, will sign up for a bunch of accounts, but then they don't maintain them. Then they get frustrated because they're not getting any traction with social media. I want to see companies succeed with it, but they need to have a line item on their budget for social media. Um, just like any marketing or public relations activity, it needs to become part of your company, and it needs to be budgeted for. Right, and it made a commitment to. Absolutely. Right, and again, CEOs of the companies that are run, that you're running that are listening to our radio show, either live or in the future, it is tone at the top, and it is something that I think it's a strategic opportunity for middle market CEOs to have a voice in the marketplace that some of their bigger brothers and sisters in larger companies can't because their handlers won't let them. It becomes disingenuous in larger companies. But a middle market company, you can have a blog. You can have a, a Twitter feed. You can you can show up in social media, right, and have a voice and an opinion about things. Well, really, um, you know, one benefit of social media and sort of my secret sauce is that it, it can really help a smaller business level the playing field Love that. with, you know, a Fortune 500 company. Because I have worked for larger companies, but I've also worked for privately owned and smaller firms. And I take the, ses- the, the same best practices and tactics to both companies. Wow. And I can take um, a smaller company's social media program and make it, you know, really mirror a Fortune 500 company. Like the work you've done with the large firms that you mentioned earlier, Toshiba, exactly. et cetera. So that's a real opportunity and advantage. Plus, you don't just set the strategy you help implement, which I think many times companies, that's where they fall down. It's on the consistent overtime implementation of the strategy, which in this area, if you're there to help them with it, I think is tremendously valuable. Absolutely, and that is really important. And that there has to be someone driving the effort, right, and coordinating it. Okay, so how does someone who might want to learn more about Raleigh Gerber and turn up the volume find you online, Raleigh? Well, they can connect with Raleigh Gerber on LinkedIn. They can tweet at Turn Up the Volume, or they can go to my website, TurnUpTheVolume.com.
All right. Well, those are three great ways to do it, and they're all social, and people should do that. I want to thank you for being a friend, personal friend and a friend of the program. You're a part of our critical mass community. Thanks for just giving a little bit of your knowledge. We're going to have you back to talk about trends in social media because I think that's the next interesting area that I'd like to explore with you. You want to come back? Absolutely. All right, And thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No, the pleasure's all ours, Raleigh Gerber. All right, we're going to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and then our second guest for today's program, Lois Tiller, who is CEO of GoEB-5, will be on the program. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, buninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? 
At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. S&H Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom-molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and Viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our second guest is in the studio, and she is Lois Tiller. She is CEO of GoEB5, and we're going to be speaking with her in just a minute. But first, I'd like to thank our audience, because our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show probably is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. Our exclusive prospect engagement program delivers up to 23 warm prospects to each of our advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about advertising on Critical Mass Radio Show and our revolutionary prospect engagement program, contact Rose Chamora, and her phone number is 951-515-4661. Let me give it to you again, 951-515-4661. Lois, welcome to the radio show. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you to your audience for tuning in. Yes, and they're listening live, and they'll be listening even more on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker in the future. Talk to us a little bit about your background, because you're an entrepreneur, you're building a business, but how did you get to this point in your career, Lois? Well, I've had a lot of careers, and uh, I began in the B2B sales space, but I've done marketing, traditional marketing online. I've worked in software development. I've also been a nonprofit consultant and, you know, doing business development and financial development for mm. great projects. In addition to GoEB5, I'm also a screenwriter. I have just gotten news from a British director friend of mine, Tony Tremblay, that we are about to ink a deal wow, on congrats. something we have in development. So Congratulations. Lots of things. Uh, I think that's one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur is you can develop multiple revenue streams and you can pursue varied interests. Absolutely. Which which I think is so much better than being a corporate person working for the man. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, so let's talk about GoEB5. What is it? Why did you start it? What problem does it solve? Well, uh, let me ask you a question. Did you know three out of five Chinese millionaires wants to immigrate to the U.S.? 
They, I, did, I did not know that. Well, they can if they put $500,000 or more into a job-creating venture. Okay. But finding an immigration attorney and an approved investment in the U.S. is a global challenge. Right now, most the majority of those immigrants are forced to deal with foreign agents within their own companies. And it's not a very efficient way to do business. It's it's time-consuming. It's very expensive because the agent, the professionals in this country are paying for agency in those countries. And also it's very difficult to guarantee the integrity of the process. So what we did is we built a web-based platform, which is an online way for these people to connect globally. It, it enables them to go direct directly to the service providers. And, of course, law and financial investment are very personal businesses. Right. So using technology, the fundamentals remain the same. They get to do their own uh, client management. There is a federal program that allows people with money who want to invest in a job-creating business to get here, get a visa. This is the EB-5 aspect of it. And how does your website service that need? Well... I'm a foreign investor. Right, you're a foreign investor. I got money I want to put into America, and I want to get over here. Can I bring people with me yeah. if I put the money in? How many how many visas am, well, what am, what am I getting for my money? If you have dependent children, I do. you can bring the children, you can bring the spouse. Do I have to? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Of course I would want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right now there are online platforms that exist, but they're pretty much industry-based attempts to reach global markets. Okay. And if you look at... Uh, very few companies right now have traction in terms of global markets. You would point to something like Airbnb as an example of people who do an exquisite job in a variety of countries by bringing people to an online platform where they can view offerings and they can make a decision. What we want to do is bring choice. Okay. And so, so like a clearinghouse then? I no, mean, no. I... We're, it's, we're a subscriber-based business model. Okay. And uh, But what we wanted, we're a boutique business, so we want to have a handful of clients. We don't have an aspiration of being all things to everybody. I've probably been on the website of every regional center in the United States, but I, I don't by any means want to have all of them as clients. What okay. I want to do is an exceptional service to the in, uh, investor immigrant. So who is the... Who is the subscription paid for? Who pays for the subscription? The, the attorneys in the regional centers. Okay, so the, the U.S. institutions and organizations Correct. that will benefit from the foreign investment. That's right. And, and the foreign investment gets, the foreign investor gets? To access the website for free. And in that, on that website is a plethora of opportunities, and they can vet the ones that are most interesting Correct. to them. And Maybe. they're able, yeah, and I mean, this is about social networking. Okay. So we have a unique social offering. These people can come in and build relationships. The kind of, we've used a lot of online marketing intelligence and research into the global market. So we're creating really personal profiles for the professionals. We want to know who they are, what they stand for, what they believe in, because we believe those foreign investors will do business with people they understand right. and they relate to. Okay, so it's sort of a matchmaking opportunity then for you too in a way. Is that fair? I mean, you've got people who would like the investment, people who would like to make the investment, and it's a two-way street of vetting each other to decide if it's the right connection? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's that sort of a thing. So. Well, that's exciting. And, okay, why did tell me again how you thought of this. Well, 
this is a good story, I think. About a year ago, an attorney friend of mine who does immigration came to me, and he said, I want to do these EB-5s. Everybody's talking about them, and, you know, there's, there's so much buzz. I, I just need you to come in. I want rebranding. I want marketing. Tell me how to enter this market. So I went home, and I did my research because I'm a pretty thorough researcher, and I went back to him with advice, and that was quit because EB-5 is the most complex business environment I've ever looked at. Oh, really? Yeah, because you've got these foreign investors that want to come in. You've got all these three-party agents between them and the service providers. And then you've got the bureaucracy. You've got all the you know power and glory of the federal government behind hmm. wanting to make sure that, you know, and that's important. That's a necessary part of the sure. program because we don't want to allow terrorists to come into our country or people who have illegally obtained funds. This is not a money laundering scheme. Okay. We're talking about how you started this business <laughs> and where you saw the opportunity. You told your lawyer friend to right. not do the business because the bureaucracy is too great. Yeah, it's too great. Too but, many middlemen. But and too it kept confusing. me up at night. And I kept thinking, I can transform this business with a platform. Wow. And it was just so ripe for transformation. And there's there are textbook kinds of disruption at work so it's already a difficult business model and then when you throw in things like competition Mm -hmm. because people like my attorney friend want to get in and by the way he decided not to based on my wise counsel okay but you've got competition you've got compliance with more oversight and more regulation coming from the u.s government and you know when you put the whole thing together it's just just in in disruption right and I wanted to be the solution to that. I wanted to make it easier. I wanted the program to work. I believe in it. Are there a lot of EB-5 uh, visas that can be had? No. no, there's scarcity. That's one of the factors that okay. makes this an interesting market is okay. only 10,000 visas per year are available. So That sounds like a big number, but I guess... Not really. Okay. And, yeah, when you, you know, a... not that many are approved. There's a backlog. So there okay. are people in various stages of the pipeline. Okay, so, but there's more supply than there... I mean, there's more demand than there is supply, it sounds like. There's more Absolutely. than 10,000 people that would like to emigrate to the country, and they can use this process, and so it creates a bottleneck a little bit of... Correct. Them there's definitely the a bo- bottleneck, and with immigration reform, there's mm-hmm. an ongoing conversation about whether we should allow more visas to these investor immigrants. Yeah, I've heard some of that conversation on the news. You know, and I think it's a great class of immigrant, personally. I mean, they're coming in and they're creating jobs at no cost to the American people. I mean, there's not one tax dollar that's going into all these business opportunities that are being created. Right. So. Okay. Well, I want to talk more about that when we come back, okay? Sure. I'm talking with Lois Tiller. She is CEO of the firm go eb5 and we're going to be talking more about that ladies and gentlemen maybe there's a business opportunity for you out there if you're looking for a foreign investor or someone as a partner in your business maybe this is a venture an avenue to take anyway we're going to be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors there's something positive about the word up when things are looking good they're looking up when someone's down you cheer them up so how do you move up Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. 
Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Lois Tiller, CEO of GoEB5, is our guest. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime at Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, which is spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Lois, I understand that you just finished the Kaufman, the Foundation of Entrepreneurship Fat Track for, for the Boomer program. You need to tell me a little bit about this. I'm aware of the, uh, of the Kaufman Foundation. I understand the work they do with entrepreneurs. I'm not uh, familiar with the, uh, the Foundation for Entrepreneurship. Tell me a little bit about the program that you just completed with the Kaufman Foundation. All right, well... I think the story starts with the fact that there are more boomer entrepreneurs in the United States than any other demographic. So the Kauffman Foundation started taking a look at this, and they invited the AARP to participate in a pilot program. There was one in Miami, one in New York, and one scheduled for Irvine, California. I got into the Irvine, California program, which was co-sponsored by our friends over at uh, Tech Coast Venture Network. Sure. So... What happened there was 20 entrepreneurs met on a weekly basis for 10 weeks, and we had fabulous facilitators from Tech Coast Venture Network. And uh, we also had weekly visits from experts in a variety of fields, and we were able to bring out our business plans and sort of fluff up our dreams. Uh And it was just a great process. It was absolutely phenomenal. And and will it be repeated by the Kauffman Foundation? Do you know? That's my hope. I uh think that... Um, Tech Coast Venture Network is looking at the feasibility of them continuing to be involved in it. Okay. So, um, you know, I think it was a great program for California. It was a great program for Orange County. Yeah, interesting how they picked Irvine, you know, versus... Well, it's a tech hub. It is, isn't it? And there are tech people there in the room, but there are also people with products. Like, uh, we had a wonderful lady there who made jam. 
So I love jam. I do you love booze? Because she makes jam with booze. Those are two things that I do like. I've not had them together. I got you, right? but I'm I'm I open. You. I'm, You're in. I, I usually have jam in the morning. I'm not sure if I want the booze in it, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, there's the weekends, right? There's weekends with the Bloody Marys. Weekend jam. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about boomers. You know, talk to us about how, from your perspective, boomers have a different view on entrepreneurship compared to earlier or later generations. Well, you know, the difference was clear to me right from the beginning because I spend a lot of time with the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings, and I love their energy. But going into the room with baby boomers, the conversation was about value-based leadership. And Mm. we talked about things like creating legacy. For instance, the success that I create today, if I do this really well, will be carried on by others. And Mm -hmm. so my responsibilities are different. I'm not building a dynasty here. So I think we embrace small as the new big. Okay. We were more pragmatic. And I think we talked a lot about ethics and um, having standards within our companies that provided great opportunities for our employees and also served our customers. This is interesting because you're giving me context for something that I've heard recently from an economist on another radio show. Uh, point being that in three or five years, fully 50% of the working population in the United States will be self-employed. And that while that feels odd to us, it's actually more the norm in American history. The idea of the industrialized America where most people that. worked for a corporation yeah. was a was a blip in time, was mm-hmm. kind of the 1930s, sure. 40s. Sure. And, and, and we before that, we were much more the agrarian and individual entrepreneurs. We're sort of going back yeah. to what we were. So this idea that there's more boomers starting businesses is sort of another data point that suggests that we're moving in that direction of people being self-employed again, which I think is great. I think everybody should give it a shot at some point in their career. I believe that the baby boomers are on track to be the first generation of Americans to leave less opportunity for their children than every previous generation. And I think if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're thinking about starting a business, I say get to it because the world needs jobs and um, our children need opportunities. It's the number one to support your point, Lois, and I'm talking with Lois Tiller. She's CEO of Go EB5. Um, there's a book out by the chairman of Gallup Organization. It's called The Coming Job Wars. And their, Gallup's research around the world suggests that the number one thing that people, the universal thing that people want when they respond to the Gallup surveys is a good job. And that has never been that way before. This is a recent, you know, past few years phenomenon. So mm. your point that people need jobs and want jobs, it's not just here in Southern California or the U.S., North America. It's a global desire now. Wow. As we move more and more people into potentially the middle, middle class, they understand you need to have a good job to be in the middle class, right? Well, and it may indicate some insecurity. I mean, that's just my mm-hmm. intuitive take on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would definitely... Well, if I were researching that, I'd want to explore it further. Okay. Because I don't think it's all being expressed in terms of opportunity. Uh-huh. Excellent. Okay. Let me ask you, what is your guiding principle for your building this business and writing your screen? I mean, you have you evolved to a point in your mind where there's kind of an overarching belief that you have about what you do? And if sure. so, can you share that? Absolutely. I might disappoint you with the answer because I think my guiding principle was formed with my first big career. 
I had great mentorship, and I was fortunate enough to work in sales, but for a company that believed in rendering outstanding service. And so success was framed within the context of service. Success was not money you know, per se, it was money will follow, success will follow right. if you do these things. And that is, is is showing up every day with this attitude of bringing service to the, to your, you know, customers, to your employees, and to your community. So. I'm not disappointed in that answer at all, Lois Tiller. I think service <laughs> is, a, is a lost art in many industries, and I think it's coming back, though. I, I genuinely think technology took it out for a little bit, but I think people are realizing how important it is to have a high level of service with their clients if they want to get something more than the lowest price in the marketplace. Absolutely. So if someone wants to learn more about you, Lois Tiller, or your firm, how do they find you online? What's your website? Well, our website is under wraps based on advice by my IP attorney. Okay. So right Shucks. now, yeah, the best way, well, what we're launching, we're launching at the end of August. Oh, so well, then. we'll be, we're going public. But in the meantime, the best way to connect with me is probably over LinkedIn. Okay. And I would love to get some invites. And So uh, what? how do you spell your name? L-O-I-S-T-I-L-L-E-R. And you're in Southern California, Orange County, in case Correct. there's more than one Lois Tiller. And your firm is? Go EB5. There you go. Thanks for being a friend of the program. I've enjoyed the conversation. You taught me a little bit more about this EB5 program. Matter of fact, I think we're going to go out and talk to my producer about finding some other people to help me to understand this even more. You've, you've raised my interest level in the EB5 program. Thank you, Lois Tiller. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great fun. It was great fun. You're a great guest. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to stay longer, but we're done. I'd like to thank our advertisers, Brandman University, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. The engineer for today's show, Paul Roberts, Crystal Nunley is our producer, Kathleen Shepard, guest coordinator, marketing strategist, and live event manager, Asia Celestino, Melissa Padani is our social media manager, VP of Sales, none other than Rose Chamora, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or maybe refer a future guest or discuss advertising on our show, visit our website, criticalmass4business.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 